Walmart feels like the retail version of Rocky Balboa. Every time you think they cannot overcome the odds, they seem to miraculously fight their way back. So I guess if I'm going to suggest that Walmart is the retail version of Rocky Balboa, I should also be able to define who Ivan Drago is in the fourth version of the epic film series. And I think the only logical choice is Amazon. And I also am going to enhance them with the COVID-19 effect steroid. Amazon has been crushing their competition in arguably one of the most complex retailing environments in recent history. But as Rocky always says, life is not about how hard of a hit you can give, but it's about how many you can take and continuously move forward. As one of the largest businesses in the world, Walmart could obviously dish out their own punches against competition, but they've also shown the ability to take Amazon's punches and continuously move forward. The reason might be that Walmart has just become a much more nimbler organization in 2020, and it's willing to test and implement a ton of new ideas at the speed in which companies' fractions of their size are able to do. The result of this transformation is that Walmart has had this impressive strategic list that they've been able to execute on over the last six to nine months that should even make somebody like Amazon a little bit nervous. And what you'll notice when I'm going through a lot of these kind of strategic things they've been able to execute on is that Walmart takes another one of Rocky Balboa's famous sayings to heart, and that is that you have to stop thinking the way other people think. You gotta think like you think. And Walmart realizes to be successful today, that is exactly how they have to approach their business. And while Amazon has had this very strong flywheel of low prices, selection, and convenience, if COVID-19 has shown us something, it is that sometimes you can't always lean on e-commerce as the most optimal type of shopping experience. And Walmart realizes that its physical stores can provide certain consumer experiences, especially in the context of highlighting local community engagement. And I think that really matters today. So let's kind of start at the most obvious or maybe the most important aspect of retailing today, and that is around just overall health and safety. If you are a consumer facing business, you are now a health company. You need to be focused on storytelling of what you're providing in terms of health and safety within your stores. This is not only for the consumers, but also for attracting employees because retailers' decisions should focus around two areas. What is best for the customers and their employees, and then what can provide long-term financial returns. And there's no long-term financial returns without having safety at top of mind. The less people feel safe shopping, the less people feel safe going to work, the less likely any retailer can survive, especially somebody as large as Walmart. So Walmart has done a really good job at sustaining a lot of the existing things that people love Walmart for, but they've also really focused on creating a safe environment for both the consumers 
and the employees. And they've really been at the forefront of retailers to push this and because they are the largest, it really creates a domino effect with a lot of the other retailers kind of following in line. So the private industry is really kind of driving a lot of the changes that you're seeing that's helping with the global health pandemic. Now, Walmart, for a lot of people, maybe a good subsection of their customers, they just look at it as a transactional relationship, but there is a very material, meaningful subsection of Walmart's customers that there's more to Walmart, more to that experience. Maybe it's that this is the beacon of a community. Maybe there's a lot of jobs being created. Maybe this is just the meetup area for a lot of people or just where a lot of the fundraising maybe happens. Walmart knows they're at the core of a lot of the communities and they also know that their communities were gonna be hurting during the summer because of what was happening with COVID-19. So Walmart pivoted and provided a lot more entertainment value to their customers. So with a lot of the maybe summer activities being canceled, kids being at home, Walmart created a virtual summer camp and also a drive-in experience that they have within the Walmart parking lot that they've had throughout the summer and into early fall to make sure that families stuck at home could have a safe free event that they could attend. And I really want to highlight the virtual summer camp and how actually had it go through their app so it made parents download the app and through using the app more, I'm sure they were able to convert a lot more sales. So it's kind of a very ingenious way for them to get app downloads, which the mobile channel has becoming increasingly important because of COVID-19. And you can kind of see this happening with Walmart merging their teams corporate-wise offline and online to create efficiency. So there's no longer merchandising teams that are for offline and ones that are for online. They really are pulling those together. And them intertwining these teams is really thought of as a way to simplify the buying and improve the communication with vendors, but also will create a lot more parity between the merchandising in-store and online. Walmart is going a step further and actually doing a store redesign of I think 200 super centers and a total of 1,000 locations before the end of the fiscal year. And that's because Walmart realizes that the omni-channel shopping experience is really kind of changing the way that customers look at stores, especially like Walmart. So Walmart wants to make sure that the experience that a consumer will get in store is something that feels frictionless to what they're experiencing online. And they're changing up the way that the stores are laid out. I think they're inspired by kind of the way that airports are set up. They also are providing a ton of like signage and wanting you to use the app in store to help you navigate the store. Also get a lot of kind of in-store coupons and things they're gonna be utilizing their app for. And they also are using these remodels to create a ton of like self-checkout, scan and go technology, contactless payments, different kind of flows for some of their third-party fulfillment. And these remodels, really are providing a gradual marriage between online and offline. And this will definitely help with 
Walmart and their increased leadership in the extremely important online grocery category. If you've been into any kind of grocery store during the day, you know you're sharing those aisles a lot of times with third-party fulfillment, last mile companies like an Instacart. And because of that, Walmart needs to kind of redesign these stores to be able to fit this new way of symbiosis between online grocery and people still shopping in stores. Because Walmart knows that same-day delivery within the online grocery section has really propelled itself to being almost a utility at this point. People are using it at that level and really kind of adopting it and showing what the future of grocery shopping could look like. Because of that, Walmart has expanded its relationship with the largest third-party last mile service, Instacart, and this is really to take on Amazon full steam ahead. But that partnership with Instacart also helps because I think 80% or so of households have used Instacart since its inception. So it does add some extra volume to Walmart and obviously add some extra capacity for them needing to deal with a lot more of these same day deliveries. Additionally, another kind of cool thing that Walmart has done throughout the pandemic is that they partnered with Nextdoor, which provides some services for people that maybe can't go and shop or are high risk. So it allows other people to shop for them in store. Walmart has also kind of leaned in heavy to the food stamp program and allowing online grocery. They've really been the person that spearheaded that across the country being the largest grocer. They've tried their best to make sure that online grocery, all of the value propositions of that can be kind of democratizing it across all consumer profiles. And this kind of further gets interesting because Walmart just recently launched their Walmart Plus membership program. It's going to be head to head with Amazon Prime. It's not as flashy as Amazon Prime because it does not provide any like entertainment value at this point, but Walmart really focused on just key items. They really focused on their customer. They wanted to be different. And they did that through really focusing on like kind of the two biggest expenditures of American families outside of like housing. And that is with food and then transportation. So you have the online grocery being a big component of Walmart Plus. This is where they've spent a lot of the time marketing it and providing a lot of information information to consumers, but also with gas discounts across select brands. And early indications is that about 11% of American households have already signed up for Walmart Plus in the first few weeks. The question that a lot of people have is around, is there enough for room in American budgets for two of these membership programs? So is there gonna be a large amount of American households that have both an Amazon Prime and a Walmart Plus membership? And I think the answer to that is yes. A lot of the surveys have really kind of pointed to that. And I think that Walmart is gonna do a really good job at differentiating themselves from Amazon's offering. And as Walmart really kind of adds some of these extra perks and those perks probably be focused around, in my opinion, probably like subsidized like healthcare services. I think that is a huge differentiation, a huge value proposition for American households because outside of the two previously mentioned expenditures, healthcare is that next one in line. So Walmart's gonna just kind of keep ticking away at those huge expenditure line items and really try to add value and savings to their customer.
Now I've talked a lot about Walmart adding a ton of things, but also Walmart has done a good job over the last probably year or so of subtracting a lot of things they no longer needed. So the biggest one, maybe the most high profile was Jet and then Jet Black's kind of concierge service, but Jet that they purchased, really they just stripped all of the tech, all of the digital hires, resources, everything like that, and really just kind of put it into the walmart.com banner. And they've done a really good job now at integrating everything together through the walmart.com app experience. They've also sold some of their other recent acquisitions like ModCloth, Shoes.com, and Bare Necessities. So they're really just kind of focusing in on what's most important, and that is the Walmart brand, and not spreading themselves too thin on a lot of these acquisitions that they quickly added in the few years after they purchased Jet.com. And a lot of this walmart.com experience really has been driven by the growth in their marketplace, so their third-party marketplace. And the number of sellers have doubled in the last year, and they've also created a partnership with Shopify to add more than a 1,000 new sellers. But even with all of those new sellers, they've also been able to pare down a lot of the listings to help the consumer find what they're looking for. So they went from 50 million listings to 36 million listings because though Walmart does want to provide kind of that endless shelf, they do want to also make sure that it's the right items that are in there. So that Shopify partnership does help them because I think they're going to be looking at adding the right partners on there that provide merchandise that is complementary to Walmart. This Shopify partnership also helps a lot of the sellers get through a pretty complex process to get their products onto Walmart's third-party marketplace. That is relative to how easy it is on Amazon. I think that's always been a little bit of an issue with Walmart's marketplace, but this kind of provides a little bit of help to that area. Now, just selling on walmart.com obviously is great, but you wanna be able to pull a bunch of levers like you do on Amazon through marketing, and Walmart's media group has been coming out with tons of different reporting, targeting solutions, um, also through some of the Omni channels. So if you're sold in store, you can get a lot of data on what is happening online and pulling in store. So there's a lot of just really interesting things that Walmart's media group is providing to brands. And some of these new like performance dashboards and things really are taking that aspect of having that self-service ad platform and having it be a really great one and putting it as a huge priority for Walmart because they know as sellers get on there, they want this seller experience to be optimal and they want to be able to sell more ads. And for them to do that, they need to make sure that their ad platform is something that people want to use and they're getting a ton of value from. Now, something that might help Walmart sell more ads is that they have a pending acquisition with TikTok the social media platform. They're said to be purchasing about 7.5% of the US operations with Oracle. Um, they also are creating a global partnership on the fulfillment and payment side of it. And they really kind of think this could be something that creates a really great linear commerce experience with some of the influencer movement, the creator movement, it really provides a ton of opportunity for TikTok to integrate a ton of shopping ads that could quickly turn into conversions and sales on Walmart's platform. If that deal ends up getting done, I'm extremely bullish on just the potential of it. I know there's a lot of just kind of red flags and things that people are saying about this acquisition by Oracle and Walmart. But if everybody kind of stays in their lane and does what they need to do, I think that Walmart, at least 
from their perspective, they could gain a lot from this acquisition. Before I end this video, I wanna just kind of talk about maybe one kind of maybe futuristic, maybe not, depending on how in tune you are with what's happening on the fulfillment side, but just talking about drones and how Walmart has been really aggressive to create partnerships to provide drone fulfillment services in a few select markets in the US. They've been approved by the FAA, and in select markets, they are going to provide like grocery and household essentials. They also are gonna provide COVID-19 tests and health and wellness products. Once seen as kind of futuristic in terms of how these drones were gonna deliver things, was it gonna make sense? I think has now become a reality that people are trying to be as contactless and their deliveries, they just want things dropped efficiently and effectively. And just the growth of e-commerce as a whole and everybody kind of looking to be quicker and faster, the solution is through fulfillment to look at other options like drones. And Walmart has done a great job at making sure they're not falling behind Amazon in this category. So final thoughts here on just Walmart's aggressive moves. It really shows that they're willing to do anything to create a unique flywheel that will be able to sustain a constant barrage of punches that Amazon's flywheel will throw at them. If Walmart can extend its brand promise to help people save money and to live better in a way that means so much more than Amazon, it might just have a chance against its biggest rival.